Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where I interview guests about their crazy, unique occupations or life experiences. I'm your host, Leslie Fear. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Today, I'm joined with Ryan Marquardt, and he is my friend from TikTok. You guys know me. He's with Ryan's Astrology. That is his handle, and I love him to death. Hello, Ryan. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me back. It's so good to talk to you. You are so fun. I'm telling you. And I go to your page and I just told you this because I follow other astrologers that are trying to get me all hyped up about this whole Pluto and Aquarius thing. So let's talk about this crazy thing that's going to happen and will stay in that placement till like 2043, right? Essentially, yeah. I mean, Pluto has already entered Aquarius now. It entered on January 20th. And this isn't, you know, like, I mean, there was so much chatter about it and how it's going to be there for the next 20 years, but it's kind of iffy because it actually was in Aquarius already last year from March 23rd till June 11th. So we've already had a little dip of it into Aquarius. It wasn't very long, but we already saw a little preview there. And then it retrograded back into Capricorn. And now as of January 20th, 2024 it's in Aquarius Um, and for the majority of the year it'll be in Aquarius but September 1st until I think it's November 19th like mid-November it will retrograde back into Capricorn one more time so it's not firmly firmly in Aquarius yet but it will be by the end of the year and then until 2043 it'll be in Aquarius and that was so funny because everybody was like freaking out and I'm like first of all why is it a big deal like what is you know once it's finally there Why is it such a big deal? Yeah, and we will see the themes emerging this year for sure. Um, It's a big deal because Pluto is on the outer edge of the solar system, so it kind of impacts us more generationally and relates a lot more to collective themes and evolutions that Mm -hmm. we go through. Like the the collective consciousness is much more so related to Pluto versus it being a personal planet that impacts us individually on our, in our day-to-day lives. Like those are the planets closest to the sun. Um, So this is a very slow rolling change. It hasn't been in Aquarius for 250 years, basically. So it is like a, you know, once in a lifetime thing that we're going to be experiencing this. And it correlates, Pluto and Aquarius specifically correlates to like mass social movements. We have the Industrial Revolution, French Revolution, yes. and American Revolution during the last Pluto and Aquarius season. So wow. we can experience like serious progress and uprisings essentially during this oh, transit. So okay. it is a bit, it is a big deal, but it's slower change. Like it kind of unfolds more naturally over time and defines like a generation that goes into like a chunk of a history book. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's kind of like one of my friends puts it as the background music of our lives. Ooh, like it I just, it's that. playing and it's, it's, it's hanging out there and the music changes and evolves over time, but you're not really controlling too much of it. It doesn't really rear its head into our physical day-to-day reality. It just is permanent change over a long period of time. Right. Because like, it wasn't like this since like what the American revolution in the 17th, 70s, right? Yeah. What? I mean, that's crazy. And it hasn't been there since then. That's kind of crazy. That's a big deal already. It is. It's a, it's a really big deal. And we're seeing it, you know, already, like there's definite yeah. uprisings, like unions, oh. strikes, there's the civil resistance happening all over the world, really. But it's a different, you know, you always have to take astrology in the context of where oh, yeah. human evolution is at at the moment. And so in a big way, I think, you know, that 
resistance is happening in an online sphere, which also makes sense because Aquarius rules technology. So mm. we can experience major tech revolutions like AI wow. is one of the big, you know, buzz words of the moment. And it will probably pick up some oh, serious steam totally. with Pluto in Aquarius. Let me ask you, though, what are the actual signs that it will maybe impact the most at this beginning period, like from November on? It will be all but the fixed signs, okay. which are the signs that start in the middle of a season. Oh. So those are Aquarius first and foremost, and then opposite that, Leo will also experience this pretty okay. heavily. And then the other two are Taurus and Scorpio. Okay. Um, but even with that, it's like, because it moves so slowly, it's really, for these first couple years here, only going to impact people who have planets at those first like four degrees of one of those signs. Mm, okay. Yeah. So like I'm an Aquarius rising, which your ascendant or your rising matters so much in your chart yes. and your day-to-day life experience. But I'm a yeah. 22 degree Aquarius okay. rising. So I'm not going to really be dealing with Pluto transiting over my ascendant for another like 10 years at least. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause I'm a, I'm a Gemini with a cancer rising. Yeah. 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 So you're going to be a little less, influenced by this on a personal end where you feel the need to make significant personal changes might be a little more even reactionary or just like adjustable to you um like where you're kind of just like kind of rolling with the tides as they change you know what i mean right so you're saying that maybe the leos the scorpios the aquariuses the vibe will be harder for them maybe is am i picking the right words yeah it's difficult for sure pluto doesn't mess around (laughs) Um, so you just feel like you're under pressure with pluto like you, you do get to a point of needing to make serious change. I think in a big way, like especially the Aquarius placements will feel like a calling to transform society. Like those will be the transformers okay. of society okay. in a big way. Like Leo, which is opposing all of this, may feel resistance more to the changes that need to happen. They might have a harder mm-hmm. time integrating like the idea of serious evolution or upheaval even. Yeah, oh, exactly. You know, it's so layered too, because it's also kind of a numbers game with this whole astrology thing. Don't you think? I mean, there, don't you kind of have to be a mathematician for this stuff? Yeah, you do. And a <laughs> lot of like the genesis of math really coincided with the genesis of astrology. They, they kind of developed hand in hand in in ancient times yeah yeah and i remember one of your videos you said the theme of this video because i went to your video about the whole pluto and aquarius you said tradition is the corpse of wisdom tell me what you mean by that i know i love that it's a quote from a video game weirdly but it's just this profound quote that the more i think about it the more it just sticks with me because it's it's so strange to just hear that like tradition is the corpse of wisdom but yeah it's basically saying like because pluto's leaving capricorn which rules tradition Mm -hmm. hierarchies structures that we've always relied on and that hold us up as a society and it's moving into aquarius which is very society driven still but it's much more about equality and interconnected systems Um, where do we need that yeah and capricorn's way more to do with hierarchy and like concentrated power at the top of the pyramid that you know hopefully trickles down to the rest of us at the bottom you know now it's about the restructuring of power systems and Mm. especially government and economics and yeah (laughs) and pluto ruling just the concept of power period 
COVID. It really is a full-on transfer of power that we're going to be experiencing over the next 20 years here, where it's like power to the people. Aquarius rules, we the people, literally. So especially in America, because we just had our Pluto return in Capricorn, which we've experienced as a very serious deconstruction of all of these institutions and systems that we've relied on for so long. And so it's saying corpse because Pluto has a lot to do with death. It literally will kill off dead ends that cannot be sustained anymore. So we're seeing that in the education system, government, economics, right? Like banking is huge right now. Um, There's so many institutions that are being dismantled because they need to be recreated. That is the beauty thing about Pluto is it doesn't just kill for no reason. It destroys to create. Saturn in ancient times was more of the, it's the Grim Reaper planet where it's like to death and dying and it's done. (laughs) But Pluto is about regeneration. So it's it's anything that's being dismantled now that we've been experiencing and will continue to experience in these next couple of years here, um, replaced by something more sustainable. You know, you just said in America specifically, because I know that other countries, they're in a different degree of their sign, so it affects them maybe differently or the same? What do you think? Yeah, very differently, for sure, because it's based on when the country was founded, essentially, and where was Pluto at. And America is a young country, very young. So uh, other countries that have experienced a Pluto return, we haven't. This is our first Pluto return. Um, And other countries that have experienced it, basically, it, it, it equates to I mean, it was the fall of Rome, the Roman Empire. You know, it's a complete change of regime and power structures and the ways that society are able to live. Wow. I had no idea. I had no idea it would affect us like that. Now, also, when we're talking about full moons, we're recording this in January, toward the end of January, and I know we're about to hit a full moon. And I don't, can you explain to me why full moons affect us differently than maybe this kind of situation? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a much larger trend over a way longer period of time full moons and then new moons opposite that when the moon looks dark they happen every month you know and they're they're happening in different signs every month so it's kind of like a natural cosmic rhythm or tempo that we just we kind of fall into so new moons would be times for new beginnings and the moon starts growing in light things can grow that you begin during new moons but then full moons tend to equate more to culminations fruitions also the need to release it's kind of like full moons are interesting because it's kind of like a finish line moment in many ways where you've worked so hard for something and now you've crossed this finish line yay you get your trophy you get your award but then what now it's done so there's the need to release that thing you've been working toward you know at the same time so then you start kind of going back to the drawing board and reassessing as the moon decreases in light and you get ready for that new moon again so every month we get this like kind of opening portal of starting something new but then also coming to a culmination period as well. Okay. Is it weird to say that our moon, because I know there's so many different moons for different planets, but our moon for us is almost like the menses for us? Oh, I've never heard it called that. That's so funny. Yes, no, that's that's exactly true. And that's actually why. Wow. Yeah, it's why like the moon is kind of become known as a more feminine planet it was actually known as a more masculine energy in ancient times but yeah that's and that's also why you know you hear at the full moon like 
it's called Luna, Luna ticks because oh, women were perceived yes. to go crazy during their menstrual cycle right. like this. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's funny. It's, it really relates to that for sure. So women tend to have like their own kind of new moon, full moon cycle. Well, you know, and the full moon really does affect everyone too, but it specifically does affect women, especially if they go into labor or whatever. There's something about that too, don't you think? Yes. This is actually something I've studied and I'm fascinated by because as much as I love, you know, the mysteries of the universe, I also believe in science in many ways. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. um, it's it's actually not true that we experience crazier events. Like there isn't an uptick in crime oh. or murders okay. or people going nuts during full moons. This has been studied. But what has also been studied is that the professionals in these spaces, like doctors or therapists, have noticed that feeling more they tend to like feel like okay. that's happening they perceive it even though the actual accounts or the cases are not rising during those times but oh. it, it, there's this perception which that's all astrology is is what we're looking at you know and and what we think we are experiencing Wow. Okay. So this is why we talk to Ryan, guys. This is why we understand the way we do because he's so good at explaining. So now, Ryan, I know you have some predictions. So let's talk about maybe from since this is coming out in February, let's talk about maybe February on and we'll just kind of go from there. Yeah, totally. There is one thing happening in February that is really cool. Basically, the North Node, which is fate essentially at a very high level of way of putting it and okay. and like the greatest point of evolution like okay. where our souls are kind of guided to go okay. which comes with growing pains there's a lot of growth to be had there but it, you know it's difficult to like move ourselves into the north node it's right. going to meet up exactly with chiron this is only going to happen like once every 19-ish years about oh, wow. okay. um and chiron is the archetype of the wounded healer so it relates a lot to the things that hold us back the chips mm -hmm. on our shoulder like our deepest vulnerabilities and wounding okay. but with the north node there's kind of like a promise of being able to overcome the wound and and then you experience the point of healing that chiron can bring in but okay. chiron is a very alternative it's a planetoid, so right. it's it's a little more nuanced, but it is a big deal here. And so the, the promise of healing tends to be less traditional. I mean, I think that coincides with Pluto moving into Aquarius, which is progressive. You know, there's so much right. about the progressive nature of where we're headed. But this is a bit of like a healing moment, like a need to heal. And it's in Aries. So there's this kind of immediacy to it and urgency. Mm. So and th these two will be very close together all the way until May. But the exact conjunction is February 19th. Okay. Um, and I mean, I look at it like this realization of the need to heal, which in many ways, I think, will relate to the shock of coming out of COVID. Like, I really think in the past few years, wow. we haven't been able to process it. I think plenty of people have been in a state of shock and we've been kind of like thrust back into working life and it's changing, but we haven't had time right. to really, really process uh, what has happened. And the data isn't even really there yet. Like to know what are the long-term effects of what lockdown did and the ways that society right. changed in these past few years. But now we're entering this very new era. And I think as we're coming into this year here, this is kind of showing us, hey, 
there's a need to grapple with what people have been through and that healing matters and the healing that matters will be more spiritual or alternative in nature. So I do think this can coincide with like a serious overhaul that needs to happen in like a healthcare system for sure. But I think a lot of like people like astrologers, Reiki practitioners, Mm. acupuncturists, holistic medicine will be more of a theme as this year goes on as well. Well, and you know, right. It sounds more like traditions kind of going away and we're doing more, uh, things that are maybe better for us because of technology, because we're moving forward, maybe because there's an ascension or a collective ascension here. Yeah, it's like, that's a good way to put it, basically. It's not all, you know, glory. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, everything's got a light side and a shadow side, and Pluto yeah. really rules shadow. It is Hades in oh, mytholo- mythologically. Okay. So it's the underworld of things. So we will see the dark sides of Aquarius as well. So okay. we'll get, like, a lot of the power benefits of it, which is a transfer of power, people feeling more empowered, and mutual aid and community support coming into the picture. That will be great. Be but we'll also see the downsides of things like uh, technology, AI, how it's mm. replacing jobs and, and maybe diminishing people's power in certain ways. And that's going to further create the need to empower the people and right. give them some semblance of an actual life that feels equal again. Nice. Um, it's, it's sort of like how, you know, the past 15 years while Pluto was going through Aquarius, yeah, we've seen late stage capitalism at its worst, but right. a lot of great feats have also occurred you know like we've been able to see for for better or worse the full extent of like what power even means and the power that people like a person in leadership at the top of the pyramid can have like influence has been shown in a huge way it was the rise of influencers during this past 15 years right like and and we've seen like structure in big ways and how important it is for societies to have structure of some sort it's like routine in an individual sense helps people thrive so we know the power of it but we can also see the abuse of power pluto rules abuse so uh there's the fine line there of of the shadow and the light side well you know but you have to have that you know we have to have that contrast i think anyway so you know listen it's only going to affect me in a good way because i create my own reality right (laughs) yeah yeah everything's perception So do you have any predictions as far as the world economy or the world inflation? Because I think the entire world is experiencing this. Yeah, that around April 20th, well, on April 20th, exactly. Jupiter and Uranus will come into a conjunction. And these this is what I'm calling the biggest transit of the year i think oh, actually, wow. well, a lot of astrologers would probably call it that on tiktok okay. everybody was saying that pluto entering aquarius is the biggest day of the year it is not it's not true <laughs> it's not true at all because <laughs> um, that's a very long transition period like it, it's, it's just not but this is a really big moment okay. jupiter is joy and blessings and all these really wonderful things but it also its function is the largest planet in the solar system its function right. is to expand multiply amplify whatever it's touching and so in this case it's going to come touch uranus which is the planet of sudden breakthroughs um up like sudden disruptions as well so it's like it's the planet of earthquakes so it's this thing that just suddenly happens and it's very unsettling very jarring uh, totally unexpected and unpredictable so it's there's no real saying where things will go at that point because that's just the nature of uranus and jupiter's gonna blow that ability that uranus has up in a really big way for us but it's happening in Taurus, which is the sign of currency and resources. Oh, wow. And Uranus okay. has this interesting way of digitizing things. 
it relates to electricity. So technology is very much looped into what Uranus is capable of. So Jupiter can show us the need to digitize resources. Like I know in the past few years, we've seen a big decline of cryptocurrency, but this yeah. might be a time where we're realizing like we need to actually move <laughs> money online in a very different way. Like other countries even outpace us. Um, right. and as far as America is concerned, related to like even just like immediate money transfers from completely different banks, like they have it easier than we do. We've, we've had way more restrictions. So that's more of an American thing. But in general, we will probably see this move toward the online economy that's really kickstarted by something around April 20th. There's a good month. Leading up to that, and then a month where those planets separate afterwards, where this whole thing is influenced, but it's exact on April 20th. Nice. Okay, so there's no more hiding my money under my mattress? No, I would recommend that, actually. (laughs) Like, Taurus rules the storage of resources as well. So with Jupiter multiplying and Uranus kind of scattering a bit, I would say having your resources in multiple places would be good. Um, I think it'll make you feel more safe and secure, which are Taurian qualities as well. So I'd, I'd say keep money at home, maybe like open up a second or third bank account, you know, and start yeah. divvying up your resources. Because what if everything that you own is tied up with like Chase Bank and then Chase Bank experiences a sudden oh, exactly. failure yeah. like, and you can't access your funds, exactly. you know? Because, you know, you keep hearing about, you know, World War Three. I don't know if you can predict anything like that or some unrest or whatever it is, but I can tell you, and not to be fear-mongering at all, it's just something where it's always on the back burner. I, I think it's also depends on the collective, and, and I think it's kind of fluid sometimes. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's in the astrology that this is definitely a possibility. Wow, I'm not just, okay. you know, Pluto and Aquarius relating to, like, these mass movements. I think civil war or would be more likely okay. with the Pluto and Aquarius specifically. But that, again, it's a different world. So it's like the Civil War is kind of already happening and it's taking it place is. online right now. But as far as like World War Three goes, I, I mean, for the collective, the North Node is currently in Aries, okay. which is the sign of war, the oh. warrior and battle. And so there can be an increase in war potentials. And right. then opposite the North Node in Aries, the South Node, which is kind of like a decreased focus right now is in Libra, which is the sign of peace. So, and this is the case until January of 2025. So all year there's definite increased potential for war-like matters to escalate and a decreased like ability to achieve a sense of peace or diplomacy right now, for sure. I think that, you know, any of those matters collectively rely on individuals taking responsibility for themselves too, because a collective is just individuals, right? Right, It's just a group of individuals. And individually, this North Node, South Node situation in Aries and Libra matters. And like for me, it's more about, you know, yeah, Aries rules war and and what it means to be a warrior, but that means the qualities of warrior, which is bravery, courage, right? And Aries is the I am sign. It is identity and self understanding. And so I think it's about the bravery of being one's full self, like, and how when we mute ourselves, which is a Libra quality, what we're learning to let go of, like people pleasing, um, Mm. bending over backwards, over compromising for other people. When we do that, we diminish ourselves, which 
I think, represses a lot of the self, which is why we then will kind of combust, <laughs> right, no, or exactly. blow yeah. up on other people. So, like, diplomacy is less likely to happen if we're not fully embracing authenticity and setting up boundaries with other people, like letting them know very clearly what we need. It's a hard thing to do. It sounds so simple, but the idea of being your full self yeah. at all times with everybody is very, very, very hard. Like even going on a date, right? You're worried right. about like, will they like me if I say this thing about myself? Are they going to like hate the job I have? Are they going to like what I wear? Like we're thinking of what other people think of us right, way right. too much. Right. And, and it's unfortunate because that means – like as much as we're even trying to be nice about it and say, you know, well, I just like want to establish peace and harmony and it's, it's not a big deal for me to like adjust this element of myself so that you think there will be more peace between you and someone else. It's it's not true because then they're getting to know a version of you that isn't real. They need mm-hmm. to know, like if you're going to come into harmony with other people, they need to know exactly who you are. Right. You know, yeah. uh, you're, you're cutting off a gift, which is you. <laughs> exactly. And you're, you're also frustrating your own self by not being your full self and then you start to resent other people that's where conflicts is most likely to happen now yeah well listen you know back to the kind of the war thing i don't see like a nuclear kind of thing i think it's going to be more of a cyber thing don't you think technology yeah that would be yeah it'd be more like data cyber attack situations i think that'd be a more pluto and aquarius theme where we're definitely dealing with that also anything regarding like power grids like electricity and that scares me to death I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's terrifying, right? Or like yeah. the internet going out, like how would we last? <laughs> like it's so ingrained it is, in it is. everything now. Yeah. And see, I'm so low tech. I, I don't think we'd lose our cell phones because they're like on a whole different kind of system. I heard that too recently. So we'd still have our cell phones so I could still do my podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, assuming we have internet and assuming right? cell towers haven't gone out, right? You know, like everybody's saying get one of those like solar powered chargers so you can charge your phone but it's like well yeah but then it's just a little computer that's offline should all this happen right, <laughs> you know right, what i mean like yeah. what are you gonna do play games <laughs> well, yeah or you just watch dvds all day i guess but uh you know our whole family's moving out to the country i think i I've, we've talked about this before we're moving out to our weekend house and their kids are going to build a house out there it's 35 acres getting away from the city uh, and, and knowing that I'm a Gemini with a Cancer rising, any advice for me? Gemini with a Cancer rising, I think, you know, I would say really until May, yeah. like roll with the punches in a big way. Um, you're going to maybe feel very compelled. I think that the healing element that's happening in mid-February and really will continue until May um, is happening in your 10th house at the tip top of your chart, which is the most public part of you. So you could actually step up and start delivering content and messages about how powerful healing can be and like the need for alternative healing, putting a spotlight on alternative healing methods could be a really big theme for you. And you could gain great reception. Like people will take more seriously the things that you're saying um, February to May. May will be a bigger deal for you though, because on May 25th, Jupiter enters Gemini, which once every 12 years, Jupiter is going to be in Gemini. And that's a really big deal. So it's going to be in Gemini for just a little over a year, starting May 25th. And that will go through your 12th house. Basically, if you're Cancer rising, that means Gemini's in your 12th house. Yeah. And I think that is a really amazing space 
to have Jupiter go through because I view Jupiter as like your guardian angel planet. Yeah. You want to take a leap of faith wherever Jupiter's at and you kind of trust Jupiter's going to support you. You land on your feet. It kind of saves you from the worst of things. And the 12th house is a really difficult house, the hardest house to explain, wow. but it relates a lot in the physical sense to like crime, criminal activities and self undoing behaviors and our vices. Wow. It's like, when Jupiter goes through your 12th house, I call it your year of getting away with murder, where it's like, don't do it. <laughs> Please yeah. don't. But, you know, it's like it can save you from potentially really hazardous situations. You might have like a very close run in with something that's troubling. And you're like, wow, like that total, like I got lucky there. You know, oh, wow. it's because okay. the 12th house rules the non-physical. So it rules concepts like angels. So you basically have the guardian angel planet moving into the house of angels. And it's going to feel like you are kind of divinely protected May 25th onward and i would say if you start experiencing more mystical concepts like synchronicities mm -hmm. signs from the universe showing up you really want to lean into that and trust it like the only sort of negative things i think that would happen for you are going to be if you're willingly disobeying those gut feelings that the universe is kind of trying to give you you know or the signs that it's guiding you right. toward if you're just willingly ignoring that stuff I think you'll see the downside of it and then be like, I knew it. I should have followed my gut. I should have followed that instinct. It can feel hard though. Sometimes the 12th house is like a house of exile. So wow. like, I mean, we just, and in a good sense for you, I think you'll experience it as a very peaceful time. Like you want to sort of retreat from the world and be in your own zone and yeah. you'll definitely be growing very spiritually during this time. But it's, it's like with the angel vibe, you know, and like kind of like developing a greater connectivity with things beyond this world yeah. and basically having the universe speak to you, you might have like a moment after May 25th where it's, it's sort of like biblical in a sense where it's like God talks to you and it's like, you must go walk this desert now. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like why? Yeah. Why do I need to go do this? Do it alone. And like, what? what? Um, so it can feel like you have a little bit of a mission or a task that is divinely guided, but by pursuing it, you grow so much. Wow. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the only strange part of it, I think. Yeah. You know, it's so funny when you said divinely driven too, I mean, or the synchronicities, we're thinking about moving in May because we have a lot to do to this house and get it ready for for moving and you know we want to be out there when they're building our kids' house so we were thinking you know a few months away so by the time we actually physically move from here so the, yeah. great time to do it especially with Jupiter putting this focus on the 12th house of of like solitude you're moving away from the hustle and bustle of the world and yes. going into a place that is more peaceful and like tucked away somewhere you know yeah, yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, and so I'm listening. I'm listening to the angels because, you know, I have resisted this for many years and now it feels like I should be there. And now I'm listening. If that's if that's what I was supposed to do and I'm divinely driven, then I guess I'm listening now. <laughs> mm -hmm. Totally, yeah. It was like when I had Jupiter going through my 12th house, it was where I was really resisting yes. the kind of call to be an astrologer. Um, oh, really? And I knew it, like, miracle. yeah, like this, like, kind of mystical work was really coming online for me and I was like no like I'm gonna be perceived as weird people are gonna think I'm strange like I was doing so well with my other profession and yeah I just couldn't ignore it anymore like and the more that I tried to ignore it the more the universe showed me like astrology just would slap me in the face in these like textbook style ways and then it just got to a point where I couldn't ignore that calling and I had to transition into well, it you're, well, first of all, you have the personality for it, but you're actually really good at explaining it to where I can, seriously, and I've told you this before on my podcast, you explain it in a way I can understand because I have no clue 
What I'm asking you when I say, well, tell me about Pluto and Aquarius. I have no idea what that means. A lot of us don't. And you're just like, let me tell you. And then you explain it. But you do it in a way that we all can understand, regardless of the sign that we are or the rising sign that we are. And then, you know, you just kind of apply where needed, right? So, yeah. Thank, no, thank you. I really appreciate that. It's like, it's interesting too, because Aquarius rules astrology and space and stars. Yes. And so we'll see huge advancements with Pluto moving into Aquarius. We will have some serious like space exploration and um, nice. inventions related to space, but also astrology. We will see there be like an interesting like shift of power related to any sort of cosmic work, period. Um, but I, as an Aquarius rising and your rising sign being how you approach the world, how you perceive the world and it's like how you spit your concept of the world back out into other people, you know, like I'm able to translate the stars essentially. And it it just like leads me and it's how I can simplify it very easily with Aquarius being my rising sign. So I appreciate that. (laughs) It's so true. So let me ask you though, when someone comes to you, and they want a reading, do you suggest that they like look up that free chart so they know kind of what they're, they have something in front of them is what I'm saying. And then they come to you. Do you talk about love? Do you talk about money? What do you talk about? Tell me everything that you can offer. Yeah. I mean, I always prioritize the individual. So it really is like, I'll always make sure like, are you dealing with anything important in life? Or are there certain areas of life that you want to put extra emphasis on? Yeah. You know, focus on that. A lot of times people don't have anything. They're just like, I don't know. Just like, tell me about me and tell me about the year ahead, you know? Yeah. So then I'll do like a nice overview of, of all sorts of things that I think are going to be important for them. Yeah. But otherwise, I don't, I, I, there's no problem necessarily with someone looking up their chart beforehand. Um, oh, okay. But if you have yeah. no understanding of astrology, yeah. I kind of wouldn't recommend it, I guess, okay. only because it's like the wild, wild west. And if you go right. pull up a chart online somewhere and you start learning about your astrology and then you book a session with me, the chart I use may be very different than the chart that you just started understanding oh, because there are different okay. forms of astrology and, and ways to view no a birth idea. chart. Okay. So it can feel like a crisis of consciousness, honestly, like depending on the system, like your son might be in a totally different house, you know? So I would, okay. if you're a cancer rising, I would talk to you like your uh, son is in the 12th house, but a different system might put your son in the 11th house. And if you spend all this time understanding what it means to be that a Gemini sense. in the 11th house, and then you okay. come to me and I'm like, no, <laughs> it can be really confusing for people to understand that. No, I'm so glad you said that because I, like I said, I didn't even know there were differences. I figured it was all straight across the board unless it was Vedic or tropical. It's all straight across the board. I didn't know. No. Yeah. There's like a like dozen different systems in tropical oh. alone that you could kind of view your chart through and that's it's all it's hard to explain because people are like well that's why astrology isn't real because it's like is it the 11th house or is it the 12th house like you know but it's not about like one of the systems being right or wrong it's Mm. about different lenses to look at your chart through so i view it as like i've found my lens that is how i see astrology the clearest with and just the way i interpret works best in this lens so it's not right or wrong it's just a different way to perceive who you are you know what i mean you know what you make a good point though Ryan, because that's how psychic mediums work. Everybody does it differently. They do it through their lens, how they understand, how they work with their guides, their, you know, angels, whatever. So it totally makes sense because there's that special vibe that you give off that maybe somebody else that does this gives off and it's a totally different reading. I can totally get that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And neither's more like, I mean, unless there's a bad astrologer, neither's going to be inherently more accurate than the other. It's just different focuses. Okay. But that's how it all works. You are amazing. 
I think you're no, and I listen. What's the name of your podcast? You do a podcast as well, correct? Yeah, my podcast is called Claire Annoyance. Um, people can check that out. Everything, everything about me is going to be available through my website, ryansastrology.com. I launched like a new business as well called Bismos CEO, which is like an astrology calendar nice. that you can purchase that gives you 12 months of access. And I handwrite every description of the transits going on. It's more geared for business astrology and finding success in any business pursuit. Even if you're unemployed, like it'll show you good times to be submitting a resume, basically. Yeah. So it's, it's really beneficial. It'll sync directly with your phone calendar, computer calendar. But we're also, by the time this comes out, we'll have this whole membership platform in the website as well. So people can access the calendar on there. I'm going to have video content, blogs. I'm going to be doing free workshops for people who have the calendar. So it's only $89, but you can directly go to that through my website, ryansastrology.com. Okay, that sounds amazing. No, seriously, because they could purchase some of your products, then get a reading from you. And it's all from the reference of how you view their, their charts, correct? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Okay, see, that's amazing. Guys, I'm going to put everything about Ryan in my show notes. Ryan, of course, thank you for coming back. This is, I think, your second or third time, actually. And you have been amazing. I think it's your third time. So listen, third time's a charm when you're coming back because you have no choice. Lucky number. (laughs) Thank you for being on my show, Ryan. Thank you. Well, I love providing because I want to know at no cost. So if you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review or you can just buy me a cup of coffee. It's kind of like a Patreon, but you don't have a monthly subscription and you can give whatever you feel led to give. I am a one-woman show and I do all of my scheduling and my interviewing and my editing. So just know your support is so greatly appreciated. And one more thing, I am a paranormal romance novelist and you can find all of my books on Amazon. Just look up my name. I'm very easy to find. Thank you guys again and I will see you next week.